welcome to Red Couch Manx. I'm Vivek Jacob, joined by Carl Mascarenas, and today we are breaking down Manchester United's 2-0 win over Manchester City. Goals from Bruno Fernandes in the second minute, Anthony Marshall winning a penalty within the first minute of the match, and then Luke Shaw with a brilliant individual run for a goal in the 50th minute. Manchester is red, Carl. Yes, sir. It is indeed. It, you know what? I, I predicted a 1-0 loss, so I'm happy to take the L on that one. I pre- predicted a 3-1 loss. So <laughs> <laughs> if anyone's taking an L here, it's me. But Vivek, you know, a couple of episodes ago, you mentioned United aren't lacking in creativity. They're lacking in terms of being clinical. I think today was a case in point and why that statement rings so true. And I thought Bruno Fernandes in his post-game interview made note of that where he said, hey, you know, against Liverpool, we probably had more chances and better chances and we didn't take it. And hence, all of you are talking about nil-nil games against the top six. Today, we probably had fewer chances, but we took the chances and we came out with the results. So it's important to put everything into context. And I am I'm really happy with the performance today. This is a juggernaut in City that was on a 21-game winning streak. And not only did we beat them, but the manner in which we beat them, holding them to no goals, very few chances, and in a short performance, I was thrilled with the result. What about you, Vivek? What stood out for you? What stood out to me is the fact that this was an atypical performance in so many ways, right? You look at United's results against the big six, they haven't been there at all. United haven't scored goals. They look like they could score a bunch in this match. You look at United's away form. Yeah, they've been unbeaten in 22 matches now, but the script has been to concede early and then find a way to come back. That wasn't the case. United get the early goal, and they're the ones that I think dictate would be the wrong word because, let's face it, City were the ones that were controlling possession uh, after those first 10 15 minutes but they were able to play to their template and exactly how Ole wanted to win this match and I think that's why we feel so good about it because at no point did it feel like United were severely under the pump at no point did it feel like United had completely lost their way and were just desperately clinging on they had a they had a plan in place and they executed to perfection now, Vivek, I'm, I'm curious to get your opinion on this. The way United started in the first minute, first 10 minutes, <laughs> was rare because we always see the opposite. Do you think that this was something that was a calculated risk that Ole said, hey, we need to do this? Or what's your opinion on the way we started? I think it, it was a calculated risk. I think for Ole, he probably understood that if you allow City to settle in, and dictate early on then the confidence that they've been feeling of this 21 match run that will just extend and it'll just be a matter of time at the Etihad before you concede and then you're really facing an uphill task so I think it was smart of him to not use that old school approach of let's hang on hang on and nick a goal when we can you know he said hey let's nick a goal up top Mm -hmm. and then we can we can play our style so obviously it was it was a, a silly, petulant foul by Gabriel Jesus. 
I think, especially when you consider the form that Anthony Marshall has been in this season, mm-hmm. there's really no need to make a play uh, on the ball like that. So yeah, good, good for United to get the start that they wanted. Any surprises for you? Obviously, Edinson Cavani ruled out for the match and wasn't in the squad because he picked up an injury in training the day before, and we hope that he'll be okay. David De Gea is at home in Spain. Wife gave birth to a baby girl, so congratulations to him on that. Other than that, any surprises? The only surprise for me actually was United's high press in the beginning of the game. And when I talk about a high press, it's not just the front four that I was talking about. Fred and Scott played extremely high up the pitch. That's how we were able to get that penalty in the first place. Now, that was a pleasant surprise for me. That's something that we've been asking for for a while where we don't want our defensive mids to be stuck to our center backs. And this just shows you about the calculated risk. If we employ it smartly, the results can be favorable. Yeah, no question. And you wonder how much of that is just a little benefit of... City, you know, you think about where their pace lies. It lies in Raheem Sterling. And you have the confidence that Aaron Wan-Bissaka can deal with that matchup. And then you think about who's behind that. You're not really threatened by the pace of a Gundogan. You're not threatened by the pace of a Kevin De Bruyne. Kevin De Bruyne, I mean, he can pick a pass and definitely set you off on the counter. But especially with the way he started off in this match, Fred definitely had the better of that matchup. He was picking off passes left, right, and center. Kevin De Bruyne was basically passing it into United's uh, feet at every opportunity. So it was a weird performance from Kevin De Bruyne that that contributed a little bit to it. But you have to credit, again, Solskjaer for putting his CDMs in that position. And it's something that, as you said, rightly, we've been clamoring for it. We saw how much of a gap there was in the Crystal Palace match, how far away the CDMs were from the front four. And so to see that change, it definitely made a big difference. And another thing to point out is also how United were able to handle the pressure when City, we knew that onslaught was coming after the first 20 minutes in the first half where City were just dominant. They had possession. And we know Cancelo's role where he, in possession, he basically plays like a midfielder in field a little bit. And so I was interested to see... Tried to do that in the box today. Yeah. I was interested to see Ole's tactics when it came to how to mark that and look like Fred was basically playing as an auxiliary left back to handle Cancelo. But I thought United did a good job. I think the fact that City have shorter players, so whenever this cross is coming into the box, it's a little easier to handle. And I noticed that United were giving City quite a bit of width on the right and the left wing. And I, I feel like that was a factor. It's just because any crosses coming into the box, our players are taller. So from a head heading perspective, we had the advantage. Now, mm-hmm. what actually happened, though, with some of the quality of crossing? And, you know, we got lucky a little bit, didn't we? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think we, we, we saw how much of a difference the quality of crossing made once Kyle Walker came into the game. How much of uh, a penetrative threat Phil Foden was when, once he came into the game and I think again this just goes back to the work that is put in by the coaching staff the work that is put in by the players to recognize where their advantages would lie in this match and the book is out on Raheem Sterling against Manchester United the book is out on Raheem Sterling against 
Aaron Wan Bissaka. <laughs> it seemed like Guardiola had read the book in the cup fixture when he moved Sterling to more central, more towards the right. And City were able to come away with the win and look very impressive in that match. For whatever reason, whether it's you know catering to his ego, whether you know it, it was just going with the safe option, he went with Sterling, and I thought that cost him dear. We talked in the preview in the last uh, podcast that we thought Fernandinho was a must in this match. For whatever reason, he chooses to go without him. So for me, you know, I, probably a bit early to call it, but Beckham boot wise. I'm yeah, as poor as Kevin De Bruyne was in the first half. I'm probably leaning towards Pep Guardiola putting his team, in my opinion, in a position to fail. I would tend to agree with you, Vivek, because I didn't think anybody on the United side deserved the Beckham boot today. And with so many no shows on the city side, given what we expect from the champions elect, it was a poor performance. And I thought, like you said, the manager got his tactics wrong today. And so Pep. I'm in agreement, deserves the Beckham boot as well. Now, in terms of tactics that worked out well, but were unexpected, Anthony Marshall getting the start in this match, it's not something you would have expected if Edinson Cavani was fit. That wasn't the case. But you look at the form that Marshall has been in all season, you're kind of just hoping he can give you something. Right off the bat, he looks a threat on the ball, he wins you the penalty. He's moving around. He's making runs. He's dropping deeper. This is has to be the most number of times I've seen him drop deep to help United build up play. And there were some giveaways, but overall, you know, I, I think I lean towards if a Marshall is in form and looking at the top of his game, this probably comes off as a solid performance. But because of the form he's been in, I, I look at it and say, wow, <laughs> we needed that so badly. What a big difference. You know, when you're trying to make a run you need everybody to chip in and you would expect your striker to to more than chip in right with a few goals and so I mean I I have nothing but praise today I've been pretty harsh on Martial in the past but I thought today he was outstanding I think the main difference was his intent every time he got the ball he's like I want to do something with this ball I want to run at City no easy passing it back to Fred and Scott and moving the ball sideways I guess Ole must have drilled the word tempo into their heads because they had a really, really good tempo when we were attacking. And Martial was at the forefront of that. Some of his runs where he was able to take a player left and right, holding the ball with his back towards goal and then turning. That turn has been a big problem for him in the past where he's given it away a lot of the times just because he always turned into trouble. Today, I don't know if it was just he was a little bit more aware of his surroundings or... If City were just giving him a little bit more space, he made it work either way. And so I, I was happy. I mean, the only thing missing from his performance today was a goal, quite frankly, which he could have had in the second half where he was one-on-one staring, yeah, staring at Ederson in the eyes, but uh, hit it straight at him instead of picking the corner. Yeah, maybe if he wasn't staring at Ederson, he would have noticed how open that far corner was. <laughs> <laughs> But we've got, you know, I guess we've got to take the positives where we can with Marshall. And hopefully this is something that he can build on, you know, over the course of the season. Every time he gets a start, we say, we hope this can get him going. We hope this can get him going. Finally, we say we hope this can get it going. He has a performance that he can look back on and take some pride in. And so we say again, 
hopefully this is what gets Anthony Marshall going. <laughs> he was solid. There were some other uh, extremely notable performances for United. I mean, we look at that second goal United get in the second half. And I think the two, you know, standout performers for me in this match connected in that one. You have Dean Henderson making a great throw for an outlet to Luke Shaw, pretty much near the halfway line. He's able to take it, make a run right through the heart of City. Gets in to, as he's driving into the middle, lays it off to Rashford out wide. Rashford gets it back to him. Luke Shaw, calm as ever, takes a touch, boom, into the corner. Another standout performance from Luke Shaw. I mean, he is coming on stronger and stronger. And whereas maybe a month ago, I would have said, you've got to have a conversation between Cavani and Maguire and Shaw and Rashford, all of them in the mix for who's been United's second best player this season to Bruno Fernandes. I think Shaw with performance after performance is becoming clearer cut uh, the, the number two. Yeah, Vivek, I think not only is he making a case for the second best player, but he this I, I think it's unanimous in terms of he's the most improved player from last season. No question. No doubt. His his runs, I mean, those let let's break down that second goal while we're talking about it, because you mentioned two people, Henderson and Shaw. Now, Henderson catches the ball from a free kick that City had. It was a nice take, by the way. Uh, brave with it. And then was patient. He didn't throw it out immediately. He waited to see what his options were. He saw City employing the high press, so he knew that if he rolled it out to Maguire or something, we would end up clearing it and losing possession. And so he trusted his abilities, and he made a long throw over the top, bypassing at least five City players. Now, Luke Shaw, very impressive, because as you know, when there's a ball being thrown by the keeper and it's bouncing, it's not the easiest to control to chest while you're running, let alone when you're you know, stationary. Shot took it in his stride fantastically to the point where his first touch basically took Cancelo out of the game. Because Cancelo, let's be honest, was a little shaky in how he would approach that, first of all. He didn't know whether to stick or go. One quick thing I want to add before you continue the breakdown is you also have to credit the release of Henderson on the throw because he is allowing Shaw to run onto it, right? If he releases it with the outside of his hand, it almost goes like, for the cricket fans listening, it'll go like a leg spin and it'll go into Shaw. But because he releases it with his index fingers, right? It's going into a position where now Shaw can make that touch against Cancelo and drive further into the middle of the pitch. Yes. Uh, it's a good point, Vivek, because these small differences is what can lead to a good first touch or a bad first touch. And so once Shaw gets past Cancelo, he still had a lot of work to do because he was getting pressed from behind from Kevin De Bruyne, I believe, and he still went on with it. He had some good touches. Rashford made a nice outside run. And Shaw found him at the right time because a second later and Rashford would have been offside. And, you know, Rashford, sometimes we talk about him not having the presence of mind and his blinders on. He didn't try to overcomplicate it. 
He just passed it straight back to Shaw, who takes a nice touch to the outside, creating a little bit of space and then shooting through a bunch of bodies through Rodri's legs and into the far corner, leaving Ederson with no chance on that. And this is maybe a little thing that'll go unnoticed in how United played this match, but Marcus Rashford really looked to play the pass today. There were several times where United players made the run through and he at least tried to find them. I can remember Fred running through and he even tried to make a pass to him. And I'm like, wow, okay. (laughs) I I don't know if that's the best option. I, I almost prefer you keep it at your feet. But trusting that pass... Again, it'll open up more advantages for Marcus Rashford in the long term if he can do that consistently because then there's more things, again, for the defender to think about, right? If he has to think about, oh, is Rashford... This is something we still have to see, but, oh, is Rashford going to put it on his left? Oh, is Rashford going to make the pass? Oh, is he going to shoot? When you have to account for so many things, it makes life that much more difficult. So a little baby step today. We need to see it consistently before we say it's genuinely a part of his game. But it was really nice to see him recognize those moments where he could find a teammate. Absolutely. Now, we've, we've talked about a lot of good performances. Who's your Cantona caller, Vivek? I'm going with Luke Shaw. I, I, I think he was great. You, you, you look at defensively, you know, tough matchup against Riyad Mahrez. Mahrez uh, had him sitting on his bottom <laughs> that one time. But I, I think there were several times that he held it down for United at the back. There was that one time I was really impressed where he gave the ball away, attempting uh, to switch play to the right side. And then he made a run all the way back and made a tackle on Gabriel Jesus. And I thought that was a big play. I thought positionally he was in the right places. If Mares beats you one-on-one with his trickery, you have to tip your hat. Mares is a world-class player. Mm-hmm. Probably doesn't play as often as he should, considering his talent. But yep. that is the quality of City's squad, and so occasions like that, you just have to tip your hat. But you mentioned the driving runs, the quality of the goal, the way he was involved in it to create a chance like that. Yeah, for me, no question, it was him. But definitely a shout out to Dean Henderson. I thought he was as solid as as, as you can hope for. So for me, my pick was. Anthony Martial, I thought he was he was the best player at the right moments. And Luke Shaw was a very close second. And what shifted it for me of why it was Martial and not Luke Shaw was it is so important we get that first goal. Because if we don't get that first goal and it's still nil-nil, then I don't think Luke Shaw gets the space to make that run in the second half because City aren't pressing as high and they don't need the goal as badly. So for me, that's why I think Martial, what he did in the first minute, getting the penalty, being on the front foot, and then thereafter, you know, lots of driving runs, creating space, causing issues for City on how to defend him because he was out on the left, coming into the right, was in the center, coming deeper. He did a lot of good things, and I feel like that's why I wanted to give him the Cantona collar. Interesting. Yeah, I think we'll have to agree to disagree on that one. I think when I look at the first goal, it was nice that he earned the penalty, but I guess I don't give him as much credit as you do. I just look at it as more as a bad foul by Jesus. So uh, there's that. 
he did he you know i thought the, there was some occasions where he held the ball up he, it was i was really happy to see him drop deep and try to help us build the attack because it's something that's needed especially when city are playing that high press if you're just standing alone in the, in the final third it's not going to do anyone any favors so i thought that was really encouraging but at the same time uh, there were times when he did receive it and he you know dilly dallied on a bit too long and then city were able to just force the ball away from him and get the ball away and you know he was asking for a foul on multiple occasions and so with that i i, I still lean towards luke shaw okay well this is going to be... We can either split the vote and give it to both. We, we might have to put out a, a vote on social media. We we might have to. On Twitter and Instagram, might have to put a poll to see who deserves it because uh, <laughs> I think there's some arguments both ways for both players. I thought at the end of the day, it's a good problem to have. It's very rare that we have two people who are so close for the Beckham boot. So uh, we'll let the listeners decide on this. For one. the catch and a collar. <laughs> yeah, for the catch and a collar, not the boot exactly. <laughs> Uh, on that note, okay, so we've handed out the Beckham boot. We've handed out the Cantona collar. Who was the best player for City? Who was the noisy neighbor? <laughs> it's a, a fitting award, this one. I thought Riyad Mahrez created problems all day for us. He was probably City's best attacking player. As you mentioned, he sat Luke Shaw down. He cut in. He had a fantastic ball over the top for Phil Foden who should have hit it first time. Instead, he decided to take a touch and Wan-Bissaka stole it. So Riyad Mahrez created a lot of great chances. He had a lot of those balls that went to Kyle Walker to cross as well. So he created the space for Walker to run into. So that would be my candidate. Yeah, I don't really have any arguments against that. I thought Mahrez was really, really good. I think if there was another player that I would mention, I think John Stones was really good in this match. I don't think you, he can... I, I don't think you would look at him for either of the two goals that uh, City conceded. And I was I was really impressed, you know, the, the few occasions that United tried to hit the ball over the top and and test City's back line uh, for their pace. Stones was first to the ball most of the time. He's fast. Yeah, exactly. So that that's the one thing I look at him and I'm like, wow, Maguire with that speed. <laughs> oh man, that would be nice. <laughs> Oh, it's so true. It's so true. It's it's rare you see center backs with that much pace. I think it's a underrated part of Stones' game. Not enough people give him credit for the speed. That much pace and still so good aerially, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you think about the form he's in. If he can keep that up, he will live up to what people said about him in his early days, right? And and you think about the hype that, that was put on him in his early days and then that leads to the transfer to city i i think this is the player that people expected so you know we'll, we'll see if it can continue but you know this is the type of player that you would look at and you try to think of central defenders in the premier league who you would say are better I, I, hard to say names uh, beyond virgil van dyke yeah and maybe his partner ruben diaz that's about it. <laughs> yeah exactly exactly well, so, suffice to say that Garrett Southgate is going to have some tough choices when he picks that England squad. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. But yeah, I'm with you for the noisy neighbor. We can go with that. Is there anything that we need to touch on here um, before we move on to the next match? No, I think we're good to to preview the big, another big Euro- European tie in the Europa League for us. It seems mm-hmm. like we, we have a tendency of getting the, the hardest opponents. 
Uh, AC yeah. Milan up next. AC Milan, this is going to be a fun fixture. You know, ob- obviously, they're, they're competing again for the Serie A title. They're in the thick of that race. Zlatan Ibrahimovic will be injured. He's dealing with an adductor issue, so he will miss out at least on the first leg. We don't know what his status is for the second leg just yet. Beyond that, they play a very similar style to United in terms of the formation. They go with the 4-2-3-1. We might get to look at Diogo Dalo, who scored a fantastic goal in their league match against Verona. So interested to see interested to see how that will play out. The one thing I will say, you know, United getting these big matchups, Real Sociedad, then AC Milan. I like it. I like that United are getting these tests because this is where you're trying to bring on the youngsters. You think about United's semifinal defeats in the cup competitions. You want them to get these hard tests where they can continue to grow. Even though United went out in the group phase of the Champions League, I can sort of hold my head high looking back in hindsight and saying United at the end of the day went toe-to-toe with one team that played the Champions League final and one team that played the Champions League semifinals. And they were right there. It was in their hands to get out of the group. So these are lessons that I think will bode United well, uh, win or lose. I don't know what your expectations are. No, Vivek, you make a good point about just that pressure cooker atmosphere and the players performing at the levels expected. You could tell that when United had it in their own hands with the Champions League, they needed one point from their last two games and they didn't get it. And that was a pressure cooker atmosphere against some very high-level opposition. Now we're continuing to see that in the Europa and the players seem to be reacting a lot stronger to it. They're up for these games and it's no longer doubting whether you belong on the stage, but knowing that you do and how well can you do. So let's let's hope to see more of the same. I think United... You know, first leg at home helps because if, if they if they have a good result, the pressure is now off for the second leg. And, you know, based off of that, Vivek, you, you watched the game this morning for AC Milan. And, uh, you know, you said that they play a similar formation of 4-2-3-1. So it looks like United are going to mirror that, obviously, with their formation. We No doubts of who's going to be in net. It's going to be Henderson. De Gea is still off. Uh, I've heard until April because of all the protocols that he'll have to follow when he comes back into mm-hmm. England. Uh, what do you think with the backline? Backline, I think Ole will approach this as a must-win fixture. So he will go with the tried and tested. Juan Bissaka on the right, Luke Shaw on the left, Harry Maguire. But I can see Eric Bay squeaking into the side ahead of Victor Lindelof. And in front of them, I think... Because AC Milan, the Syria in general lacks that pace, so I could see him going with Matic uh, to give Fred a break, and him alongside Scott McTominay in the midfield, uh, in the CDM roles. You expect Bruno to play, depending on how Rashford is feeling. If if he's fit and ready to go, I wouldn't be surprised to see him. If not, I think Daniel James switches over from the right to the left. Greenwood comes into the side on the right. And if Anthony Marshall is ready to go, he'll be up top. Yeah, no question marks. uh, No disagreements there, Vivek. I think the only thing that's 
causing us to put the squad in question is just injuries. We don't know if Shaw is going to be fit, if Rashford is going to be fit, if Martial is going to be fit. But if all three of them are fit, then we expect them to start. Otherwise, yeah, I think a little bit of squad rotation in with the center back and the defensive mid are the only areas. And, you know, we still don't know what the status of Juan Mata and Donny van der Beek are, if they're ready to go or not. So that also plays a factor into what the squad's going to look like for this game. Yeah, we've talked about how with Pogba out, <laughs> these matches would have been an opportunity for Donny van de Beek. It's really unfortunate that he's picked up an injury during the exact same period. If he's back, that would be nice to see. If not, you know, I think United, big picture, just have to focus on now building on the momentum of this City match, right? We, we've talked about how they've been in a lull. They've struggled for form. They've struggled for swagger. And we saw that in this match against City. So let's see that carry on uh, against AC. Vivek, before we, we end things off, I, I don't know if you've heard the latest rumor that's that's going around with Liverpool and Jurgen Klopp, but apparently the uh, the the British bobsledding team is, is looking for a new coach in the Winter Olympics. And uh, they're thinking of Klopp because they've never seen a team's record go downhill so quickly. <laughs> sorry i just had to you know when when our when our scouse friends are not doing so well it's always nice to remind them of it hey i'm i'm with you 100 on that gotta get the digs in while we can liverpool lose city lose united win india are into the world test championship final so it's a good weekend all around carl very, very good weekend. I, I'm glad you brought that up because India, you know, came from behind down 1-0 to England and managed to win the next three test matches at a canter. Yeah. It m- must have been watching uh, Ole's United make all those away comebacks. <laughs> oh, that's a good way to end the show, Vivek. A reminder, we are on Twitter and Instagram at Red Couch Manx. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and join us after every match. Reviews, ratings are greatly appreciated on behalf of Carl and myself. Thank you for listening to Red Couch Manx.